Hello and welcome to the Drabblecast, episode 49. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. Occasionally, we come across a story idea that would have made a great Drabblecast. The only problem is, it really happened. We call this Drabble News. BBC News. Two Star Wars-loving brothers are planning to set up a Jedi church in Wales. Barney Jones, or Master Jonba Hayhole, and Daniel Jones, Master Morda Hayhole, head up the UK Church of the Jedi. They say their services will include sermons on the Force, lightsaber training, and meditation techniques. Hairdresser Barney said, As children, we always watched the Star Wars films anyway. We noticed that there were a couple of sites on the internet, Jedi Church sites. We printed up a couple sermons and did a sermon in our house for a couple of friends one night. Barney and his musician brother Daniel from Holyhead help run four websites devoted to the development of the faith. Although the current members are all men, women are not excluded. As Barney points out, Princess Leia helped them out a lot. I can't imagine why women just aren't flocking to this thing. I checked out their website, expecting to find some Byzantine-style gold-plated mosaics of George Lucas or things like that, but I found some more teachings, which, in addition to providing the obvious essentials like martial arts, mind control, and lightsaber operation, were also listed financial management skills. May the New York Stock Exchange be with you. So there you go. If you thought the Church of the Jedi was all about kicking ass and slaying wampa ice creatures on the Hoth Plains, you're just being glib, Matt. You're glib. Just listen to this excerpt from the Doctrine of the Church of the Jedi. We use the wisdom gathered from all our sources in the movies, especially Master Yoda. We then take this information and apply it to modern-day living in our society. Religions base their faith on holy texts, such as the Bible and the Quran. But we base our faith on the impartial and highly accessible stories that George Lucas has brought to us, both by film and by book. Rather than creating strict rules to live by, we take this information as a guide to living a better and more worthwhile life. You can find out more about the Church of the Jedi, and even join on their website, a link to which you can find on our show notes. Today's Drabble story comes to us from Gary Lee, and is called Swept Off Her Feet. Gary lives in the Atlanta area with his lovely wife, and spends his free time writing and laying up supplies against the coming zombie holocaust. He held her close, her head on his shoulder. They rocked slowly back and forth to a song on the radio. Their time together would be short, only this one magical night. He buried his face in her soft blonde hair. She smelled of white diamonds and formaldehyde. Carefully, lovingly, he laid her down just as he had found her, ensuring that not a hair was out of place and sweetly kissed her pale, cold forehead. He sighed and slid the drawer shut, picking up his broom. 
Dr. Eddings would be very upset if he didn't finish sweeping the foyer. How necromantic. Our feature piece this week is also about an awkward relationship. It's called Heart to Heart by Chris Kastensmith. Years ago, Chris swapped a high-paying job in California for a penniless startup in Brazil in an attempt to make his life impossibly difficult. He succeeded admirably. His fiction can now be found crumpled up in the wastebaskets of five different countries. It can also be found in everyday fiction, third order, and forgotten worlds, and this particular story was first published in 2007's From the Asylum. The story is co-narrated by Kateri Chambers, actress, belly dancer, and ex-flautist of the Baltimore-based traditional Irish band Ash and Rowan, of which I play the banjo. So, without further ado, Heart to Heart by Chris Kastensmith. Here's the thing, Sheila. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever met. You're also funny, intelligent, the sex is fantastic. And you certainly have an interesting career, but I just don't think I can date you anymore. What, Carl? What's the problem? Well, let me ask you a question first. What do you consider your job description as High Priestess of Hurl? I provide spiritual guidance to my followers. And how often does one of these followers come seeking spiritual advice? I don't know, maybe once a month or so. That's not too often. So what exactly do you do with all your spare time? You know, not much. Well, you see, I've been doing a little research lately. For example, your first boyfriend was Roar the Daring, correct? Roar was a wonderful man. Don't bring him into this. Uh, just humor me for a moment, please. Won't you, sugar cup? All right. Can you explain to me how he died? He died valiantly defending the world from an invasion of the ancient King Darber and his unholy army of the dead. He defeated Darber in a hand-to-hand -hand combat, but faded into a wraith shortly after from the wounds he received. Doesn't sound like a particularly pleasant way to die, now does it? No, it doesn't, and it's a painful memory I'd rather not discuss anymore. I understand, Sheila, but can you just tell me one more thing? How did King Darber and his undead army return in the first place? Um, I, I don't exactly remember. Oh, I think you do. All right, I summoned them. And why exactly did you summon them? Well, I found an ancient prophecy that said whoever summoned King Darber would control his army and conquer the world. Only it didn't quite work out that way. He remained in control and began his own conquest. It was an honest mistake, Carl. Anyone could have made it. Now, can we please quit talking about it? Those times are long past. All I want is to have you by my side. Okay, but for just a moment, I'd like to discuss your second boyfriend, Merle the Strong. What about him? Didn't he die? He was a gallant warrior and died a warrior's death. Exactly what do you mean by a warrior's death? Would you care to explain that? No, I don't think I would. I heard he was killed when he destroyed the heartstone of the demon Ankh. The heartstone exploded, killing them both. Does that ring a bell? Yes, I told you he died a brave death. Oh, sounds like quite an amazing man. But why would he want to kill the demon Ankh? <sighs> Ankh was a high demon from another plane of existence who came to our world to destroy it. Merle saved us all, killing him just moments before his materialization became final, which would have made him invincible. Is that what you wanted to know? 
Are you going to say anything bad about him now? Oh, no. I'm sure he was a wonderful fellow. <laughs> I was more curious how Omp came to enter our plane of existence. You're the high priestess of Hurl, so tell me, is it possible for demons to just come and go as they please? Well, theoretically, no. Then how do they get here? Well, they have to be... Excuse me, I, I didn't quite catch what you said. I said they have to be summoned or something. And who would summon an evil demon like Ankh? Look, I can see where you're going with this, and I don't think it's very funny. What exactly does this have to do with us? Just tell me, what would make you summon an immortal, vengeful demon to our world? That's what a priestess does, alright? Exactly. That's what I thought. Now, are you planning on summoning any more malevolent creatures in the near future? Sheila? No. Then can you tell me why you just sent me on that quest for the horn of the fabled Rigonos? Just a whim? <laughs> you know, every once in a while a girl just likes to feel loved. Really? What about the blood of the great beast of Rin I battled last week? Just a little something that was missing among my supplies, that's all. Because I started asking around, and it looks like those are two of the necessary components for summoning the evil god Gry, destroyer of worlds. <clears throat> Can't say I've ever heard of him. Sorry, Sheila. I'm a courageous man, but you have a serious problem with the black arts. Or relationships. Or both. Please don't go, Carl the Brave. Who will save us? Well, that was our story. I hope you enjoyed it. Blood of the Great Beast of Rin. Talk about high maintenance. Feedback from episode 43, Jelly Park by Aaliyah Whiteley. This story had easily the most positive feedback we've had from any other story. Giffo said, This was so much fun. I couldn't wipe the silly grin off my face listening to it on my morning walk. It's refreshing to see that Strange is not just about superheroes and intestinal content. Veburn said, This was the best podcast I ever heard. Great original music, lyrics, story, and voice work. If there was an award for best episode in podcasting, this would have to win. G.E. Lee said, Wow, great story. With so much grim and dark seriousness and weird fiction, it's nice to come across something that is genuinely, simply happy. I think it illustrates nicely the fact that each of us, in the end, is responsible for his or her own happiness. We love hearing listener feedback, even if it's not always that good. If you get a minute, you should join our discussion forums off our main page at www.drabblecast.org. There's lots of stuff going on there, including the final week for the Nigerian Scam Spam email writing competition, and round one of the People's Choice Drabblecast Awards. Not to mention photos and links to various three-headed animals, insidious-looking insects, and cute, incredulous-looking infants. That's all for this week. The Drabblecast uses a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license, which means you can share it freely as long as you don't change it or sell it. We do accept donations via a convicting yellow PayPal button on our main page. If you enjoy the Drabblecast, feel free to help us pay our authors and such. Don't miss next week's 50th episode special, Trifecta Number 2. Our staff is made up of co-editors Luke Coddington, or Master Jorda Lumpkin, Kendall Marchman, or Master Picano Sandy, and myself, Norm Sherman, reminding you to get back to work. Dr. Eddings will be pissed if you don't finish sweeping up the foyer.